right, guys. Hello and welcome to a very special episode. I'm really, really excited today because this is going to be special in so many ways. Let me start with uh, the fact that we're actually doing this live. So we are at this very moment, we're live on different platforms such as TikTok and YouTube. And let me explain you why we, we do this. So for the ones that follow me in the last couple of years, you, you might know that I started with a podcast. I did it for around two years and I started doing it in, in Swiss German. So we had some really nice, nice interviews, nice podcast episodes. And, you know, after talking to many more people, mainly English native speaking people, they told me that they would love to um, to listen to my podcast, but they simply can't because they don't understand a single word. Around uh, one year ago, I changed my strategy. I started doing these podcast episodes in English and it was a lot of fun. I also changed my strategy a little bit in a way that I'm like more talking about marketing related topics, not just doing interviews and yeah, it was um it was fun for for a while and now I'm ready to do the next step which is actually doing these uh sessions live. And I can already see that some people joined uh here on TikTok. Uh, very welcome. We're also live on YouTube. So this is happening right now. Some of you might listen to this episode on Spotify which means Obviously, you guys are not listening to it live. We're going to do a post-production and put it on Spotify. So everybody that listens to my podcast on Spotify, very welcome. Um, just know that in future, you can also join these sessions or you might. We'll see how it goes today, but you might join this uh, session live. The reason why I'm doing this is because I would love to uh, interact with you. So you can really join the conversation, basically. So, well, that, that's it for, for the first introduction. That's not the only reason why I'm super excited today. The other reason it's even more important, I have the most amazing guest for this live session today. His name is Jacob. He's an old friend of mine. And let me just tell you this. We tried to do this podcast session for so many, not, probably not years, but at least months. So we tried and tried and we just couldn't get it done he was busy i was busy uh we were completely on a different schedule until today and i'm really really happy that he's here and without further ado i would say um yeah we're gonna bring in jacob oh finally Matt, we did it hi we did it i'm so so happy like how many times months. It, it only I, I mean I, I remember the first time we talked about it was uh, it was like over a year ago at least right oh man it's been a while I don't, I don't remember the exact date but my god you were in a city I was in a city I'm traveling and then the time that we randomly overlapped in uh Ho Chi Minh and didn't even know each other were in the city like it's just been all over the place yeah, yeah, that's that's a really interesting story. We have to share that with <laughs> with the people. It's it, it was it was crazy because you might remember, and uh, I did a podcast episode about working from from far away. So I spent the last couple of months abroad, uh, mainly in Southeast Asia. And uh, Jacob is currently still based in Southeast Asia. We're going to cover that in a, in a minute. So we thought, like, how fun would it be to meet again after uh, some years in person and do this session in person, which we couldn't manage because of being busy and everything. But then a couple of weeks later, we realized that we just missed for, what was it, like two days, right? Yeah, it was ridiculous, man. I think you were right on your way out and we had just got in and uh was just trying to sync up with you and then you were like shit i'm i'm leaving i'm out of here i'm like no. exactly exactly you mentioned like hey i'm i'm now i'm i'm in saigon now i was like wait a minute i was in saigon like two days ago it was it was so random yeah we missed um Small world. each other but now we can meet um virtually indeed indeed the one thing COVID covid gave us yeah exactly uh, like a huge push in in that direction agree we're at the very beginning still see that some people are are joining the the live so let's do a proper introduction so can you just please uh introduce yourself to 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 people who are listening 
whether that's on Spotify or TikTok or wherever. Like, yeah, happy to. Who are you? Who am I? Wow, such a deep question. <laughs> so let's start with name. I can do that, Jacob. And been originally out of the US, but been living abroad for ooh, maybe 12 years, 12 years now. And that's brought me all over the world, working at different research institutes, uh, places like EPFL in Switzerland, uh, the VIS Institute in Geneva, what else, the Mira Institute in the Netherlands, ID Lab in Belgium, um, then spent some time yeah, up in Canada, a place called Tandem Launch, which is a deep tech accelerator, working on some technologies to spin out of uh, Mila and some supporting research for you know, doing different machine learning applications, and then bounced over to Singapore and ended up in, in Southeast Asia, spinning out more tech. And yeah, that's where we are today. All right. So yeah, we have to cover some of these, um, some of these places, especially I remember Belgium because it was really interesting. You worked on, for the time, pretty advanced technique, which is uh, AR and, and VR, virtual reality. I definitely want to talk about that in a moment. All right. So you're, you're originally from the US, from which part? Families all in Southern Florida. I always tell people near Miami, everybody knows where Miami is, but maybe exactly. 30, 45 minutes north of Miami. I okay. um, was born in the middle of the U.S., grew up on the West Coast, uh, California area, Southern California area, and then family all moved back to uh, East Coast, all Southern Florida. And that's kind of where everybody is now. If I were to say that's where I'm from, I, I, I suppose that's accurate enough. Hey, man, I miss, I miss the U.S., did some trips um, to the U.S., uh, fell in love with the country. Uh, did, did the family got like, um, affected by the, what was the name of the, la of the latest hurricane? Oh, uh, I'm spacing. I don't, I don't remember the name, but I, I just I just saw some footage. It was huge. Yeah, luckily nothing bad happened. And I think it's just scary to see these things getting worse and worse. You know, who knows where this all leads, but luckily didn't have to worry about family being uh, affected by it. So we were safe. All right. Especially for people here living in, in Central Europe. The U.S. is this, you know, magical place where dreams come true or <laughs> can come true why did you decide to in the first place to to leave because it's a it's a big step yeah definitely i mean the us is great it's it's always going to be home but you know it's not everything and i think the the thing that's sold about the us is is half true you know you can do a lot there's a lot of push to you know try crazy things and and just go for it and see what happens but it's not everything and if you really want to get an idea of what's happening in the world um, I think you, you know, it's every individual's responsibility to, to take that effort on, upon themselves and, you know, go out there. So I think it was just finishing up my master's research and just was, was working for a small engineering firm. And in that moment, you know, just slowly was iterating like, all right, this is my life. I'm going to, you know, be working for, you know, this design firm, making these really cool things. We were actually at that time doing, um, mock design ups from things that actually led to iPad, which was really, really cool. So this this individual's company was doing really low level design work and interfacing with these bigger companies. So the work was really cool, but you know, I just saw the rest of my life kind of planned out and it wasn't very exciting. And so it was right around that time, I guess this is my late twenties, well, getting old. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just realized like if I stay here and keep working, I'll be here for the rest of my life doing things that are interesting, but it's not my vision. It's not my dream. And, you know, there's a big scary world out there and it's cliche, but life really does begin at the edge of your comfort zone. And so for me, it was, you know, sell all my stuff, pack up everything, um, find a place that I really want to contribute to take on a project that I think is more than I can handle and, and, and jump on it. And that started 12 years of, of traveling around the world. Wow. What was your first stop? Did it come directly to Switzerland? No, 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 no. So five years were spent in the Netherlands. And this was working for a place called the Mirror Institute, doing some really cool stuff around breast cancer imaging, diagnostics using light. Basically, how do we see inside of your body without having to dig around in there and, you know, do some sort of invasive surgery? So working on a lot of Im imaging techniques around there, really fundamental physics, really cool stuff. I mean, just future tech, 
right? And the nice thing about that was we were spinning it out to, to hospitals and what was kind of a startup company uh, tied to a research institute. And uh, yeah, just kind of unfolded from there, got deeper, deeper into that. The, the technique progressed. I was working on aspects of that and then kind of fell in love with um, kind of a subdivision of that field, which was being able to control light in space and time. So doing some really clever things with physics to do more types of imaging. You had your PhD at that point already, right? No, this was uh, like a joint project. So this was part of the the PhD completion, which was we're working on you know fundamental physics, but moving these ideas into breast cancer imaging techniques. Um, of course, publishing papers around that, understanding hemodynamics around cancer and tumors and how that progresses and how we can monitor that. And then kind of at the late stage, which is how I ended up going to Switzerland, started getting into you know, how do we do fundamental physics around controlling light with uh, digital hardware? Really interesting. I mean, I just I, I just told my my partner the other day that um, couple you know days before we did this interview, I just said I'm so excited because you might just be the smartest person I've I, I, I met so far. It's uh like I don't know about just, that. Just, I, just... I can barely tie my shoes, Max. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but that's like what the smart guys are all about, right? They're struggling with the stuff that it's easy for us. Their mind just works different. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah. I always like to think that I was surrounded by geniuses and okay. true geniuses and uh, mostly me trying to keep up. Like just some of the people I worked with were, I think, exactly who you're talking about. Just absolute brilliant human beings where, uh, you know, I feel like I'm a ape up in the tree flinging, you know, fruit around and watching them do, you know, like alien type stuff. So uh, <laughs> I can only speak towards the people I worked with and how great they were. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the surrounding is it changes you as well. If you surround yourself with smart people, I, I believe that it automatically makes you smarter, or you just have different different thoughts and and everything. For sure. I want to jump a bit a bit forward because we actually, uh, you and me, we we met um, in the first time it was two thousand, was it fifteen, probably late fifteen, maybe sixteen, somewhere maybe around there. It's a blur. Yeah maybe maybe 16 so we actually met by just you know working working together which was yeah for me it was really interesting the thing is we only worked i don't know for two months three months together i think it was fairly short yeah i mean it, Very, it, just yeah. a flash when i look back just a flash but i i i just realized that when you know talking talking to you for the first time i was like all right so this this guy's this is this guy's smart probably we didn't meet in the right setup because um yeah i mean <laughs> you can we, say that again <laughs> yeah that's like mildly mildly sad most people that, that follow me they know that i've been working for this startup and this is also where i met um met, met jacob and this was he after he left i was only staying there for probably a couple more couple more months maybe maybe a year before also leaving and before actually um founding my own my own company so i'm i'm not going to discuss um the startup itself here but um i'm grateful for so many things that happened during that time like meeting you it's ridiculous right we just we actually worked on the same on the same thing um, you and me, uh, only a very short time, but we've been in touch ever since. So yeah, for that, yeah. I'm really grateful because I wouldn't have met you. And even after, I think you moved to Belgium to this other lab um, that we're gonna that we're gonna talk about in a minute. But we kept in touch. Yeah, not only kept in touch. I mean, just kind of ideated around the space that I think you and I saw emerging, and we're like wow, this is going to be powerful. This is going to be really cool. And to be honest, if I was to go back to the conversations we were having then and kind of what's unfolded now, I mean, we're, we were predicting parts of the future, right? We were really like honed in on, all right, we see the evolution happening. And lo and behold, you know, of course, Facebook makes its big jump and, and this kind of virtual world is unfolding in our eyes. And we were thinking about like, what does that mean for VR? What does that mean for a AR? And, and how does that fit into life, business, and, and just cool tech? 
It's, so yeah, I, I remember that all those conversations were amazing. It's true, but at the same time, we can open this uh, discussion a little bit because one thing we were talking about that was probably in 2017 was this whole augmented reality, virtual reality scene. And we discussed so many different, let's call it opportunities, or like we, no, we now know that this technique is existing, but it's at the same time not really happening and i'm talking mainly about mm. about the ar part right because virtual reality we saw some we saw some 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 baby steps at the beginning but now this is like it, this is happening especially with the metaverse like vr is, is happening it's now let's say five years later but the whole augmented reality thing is still not part of our life which i think is crazy and that's also where we struggle because like five years ago, we had some great ideas about what to do with augmented reality, but we accepted at the same time that, you know, this is, we're just too early, right? Nobody is, nobody is ready and we just have to give it time until augmented reality becomes part of our life. And I just think about that quite often that nothing really changed. And it's been five years, right? So I, 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 am, <laughs> and, and no, billion, I understand that. Billion spent. Exactly, right? And and I understand that you know metaverse. That's the that's the next big thing. Like everybody's talking about it. Some crazy <laughs> happens around it. Like you know companies or individuals buying buying landmarks at the metaverse. Like this is <laughs> this is happening. It might just be another bubble. We don't know yet. But like in in a way that you know a technique that changed our daily life like that didn't that didn't happen and for me the main i i remember that so good that we said like especially with ar it's just like it's useless to build ar experience based on your your smartphone right we said like we have to wait until like this next gadget which would most certainly be goggles they have to be on the market in order for ar to become well reality actually and i just don't know why we're not at that point right right now we're still walking around with 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 smartphones by now with smart watches we had that back then too but this huge step from the early 2000s when the first smartphones got introduced like that was a big step for society but nothing really major happened after that i feel yeah it is a bit disappointing i mean it, it really is like you can get so excited about the technology you can see that this is really the third rebirth of, of vr the push that Meta's doing and you know it's going to take a company of that size to actually make anything that's viable for you and i to enjoy and have it just be pervasive in our life but i, I think the biggest problem the thing that's really missing is is the delivery, right? We're, we're bound by compute and battery life. And the second that you need something always on, sitting on your face and, you know, doesn't feel horrible, isn't heavy, isn't, you know, annoying, you don't have to plug it in every 30 minutes. I mean, we're gonna have to rethink, in my opinion, the, the compute fabric that we use. So just the way that computation actually happens and, and we can embed these into, you know, wearable devices. And I see VR is actually the, the testing ground before we get to AR. And the reason is, is, you know, people are still comfortable, you know, plugging in whatever headset you might use into a computer or wearing something kind of funky that you're not gonna be out in, in the world with. And you can, you know, cram the optics, you can cram what is the compute and memory and all the things to support it. But until we actually, you know, really, really do VR well and, and get that form factor figured out, I don't think we're going to be able to unplug and walk outside with whatever's sitting on our face. And until that happens, like you're right. I think uh, AR through a phone is fun for five minutes. Any more yeah. than that, I just I don't I don't care. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to see it. Um, you know, and I, I think you and I spent a lot of time iterating on like what that would mean. What? Why would you ever want to hold up your phone and, and see what that is? You know, what this exactly. augmented world would be. Exactly, and it's also like crucial for the whole uh, ad industry, which is what what I'm doing with my with my company. Like we discussed so mm -hmm. many different approaches on how to actually use whether it's well VR kind of 
can imagine how how advertising will work in future in 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 a place like the metaverse but in the real in the actual world like i just didn't see it happening back then and i still don't right now but the ideas are there but we like it always was this connection from the actual experience that you would have um, with the gadget that you need to put this experience in 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 front of you and yeah, I'm just re- really like this goes out to to mainly to Apple, I think. Um, I'm just really disappointed that nobody is walking <laughs> around with like, I don't Shots know. I'm fired, I'm, Apple. Exactly. So if you guys listen, um, yeah, you just just do it. Just get it out there because we all know that you've been working on it for whatever reason. You're not, you know, pushing it or release it. So just get it done. People are, you know, we're we're ready for this, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I would much rather see Apple deliver this than than Meta for sure. And yeah. as you say, they're working on it. Everybody knows when you look at who they're hiring for, technology that they're building around this stuff, some of the patents that they file. I mean, we we were looking at patents back in in 2017 around some of this stuff that was coming out of Apple, and you know we're looking at the notch in the camera and what that means, and they're already kind of you know embedding what would be a small form factor into something that's ubiquitous in society, which is our phone and, you know, where they take that from there, who yeah. knows, but if anybody's going to make something that I actually want to put on my face, I feel like I want that to be Apple. And then you add in the the privacy stuff, you know, they're pretty much pro consumer privacy, at least a lot better than the other giants out there. So yeah, if, if something comes out, I want it from Apple. Totally agree. I was just like, did you ever use the metaverse yet? Man, I have not. And this is coming from someone who loves VR. And I just, I haven't touched VR in a year and a half. Like, I just have not had the opportunity. And I'm I'm super curious. I hear mixed things. I hear mixed things, but I also see mixed things. Not necessarily in the (laughs) VR, but like the recordings of the VR. And it's like... It feels like I don't know, man. It, it, this this technology was built like a hundred years ago, right? And Mark Zuckerberg made this huge announcement that they now add like legs to the characters, and I'm like, what? The I mean, come on, it's 2022. Like, don't don't tell me it's a big thing to add legs to a character. Like, and I feel like I don't know. I don't know if it takes too much resources to actually build a good environment or good experience um but it feels like every every single scene that i see from from meta it it looks like it, i don't know like it could could be like a game boy game from the from the 90s right really bad quality and i think this is where they also struggle i'm still very not skeptical i understand that it brings a lot of value especially with the push that covid had on 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 companies and the way you know teams can interact i i get that but you don't want to do that with bad graphic and bad experience yeah it's same old story it actually touches on the point that we were discussing earlier which is you know compute and what we can do and the reality of of what that is and you know when you hear them talk about why they're doing cartoonish characters and and you know just coming out with legs it's because we can get almost there but not there and Mm. you know everybody's heard of this uncanny valley and to put on vr and see synthetic humans that just don't make it there is is, it's disturbing you know we have you know an actual chunk in our brain dedicated to just recognizing and processing faces you know humans that interaction and so when, when something's off, completely out of our control, there's just a cascade of events that fire subconsciously, then we're conscious of it, and you know it, it, it's unsettling. And so what I, I think will happen, and maybe it's bad to make predictions on live recorded media, but uh, what I think is going to happen is there's just going to be one very surprising moment because they're not going to release anything that's half there. They're not going to release anything that's three-fourths there. And so while they're working out all the bugs and figuring out how to make that final leap, we're going to stay in these kind of cartoonish worlds where we can do the rendering, we can do it fast enough, we can do it reasonably well that kind of helps you suspend disbelief and you know pretends to connect you to whoever you're talking to. But the day that we get it, it there's no in-between that we can be doing. And so that's going to be the interesting thing is when it's solved, it's just going to be a swapping out, right? Unless you really love the cartoons. But 
yeah, as long as that uncanny valley exists and humans, you know, maintain this ability to, you know, intricately decompose an image and, and find out if it's real or not in their brain, it, it's just the way it's going to be. So, yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I see it just being an explosive moment in VR. Mm. And uh, it's a good point, especially about the timing when to release things, not even, you know, for, for gadget products like Apple, but also for Meta, because I, I think they, they are still struggling with the ad product from, from this whole experience. And this is a major point, right? I mean, nobody can tell me that they're just doing it so people will, you know, enjoy the experience and meet with other people like Meta is a, is a, is a big company. They are all about the money. And so somehow they have to figure out how to monetize um, uh, uh, even a, a, a virtual reality uh, platform or experience. And I think they would only push it or, well, it's, it's released, but like roll it out in a, big, in a big way, like you mentioned, whenever they know how to earn money with it, right? Whether that's with, you know, subscriptions or ad revenue, one way or the, or the other, they want to they wanna earn money. And I don't see how they earn money right now which is also from my point of view like holding them back to 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 push it even further because i mean you know we all saw the stats like facebook is going down instagram is struggling with where we are live right now with tiktok like things change but in terms of ad revenue like the meta um, universe not talking about vr but the company um they still make tons of of of, of ad revenue so why would they why would they change something if they are making money, right? Yeah, there's that point of view. Like you don't, I guess the best thing for any large company to do is is kind of cannibalize their own product, right? Because that means you're innovating, you're you're moving technology forward, you're you're not trying to entrench yourself in the way things were, but you're trying to actually create a world in the way things will be. And if there's anything that I can respect about, you know, what's happening at Meta is the push, the money, the the engineering side that they've put behind this effort is is monumental. And again, if if we're going to see this, it's going to take a company that size with that kind of cash flow to actually move this forward. But the the advertising bit is also the scariest bit for me. Um, you know, you and I just ethically debated this quite a bit in in 2017, which is like we don't want to live in a world bombarded by digital ads just flying at us from every direction, every scene that you look at, every experience you have is somehow monetized by the provider. And I think it's a very, very tricky subject to get right because there's so much to be made. There's so much to be had. Who gets there first and, and figures that out? But I feel like the second we get there, we're going to regret it as well. Um, you know, I I'm a big fan of the belief that we'll move to some sort of hybrid life in the near future. Not just like, oh, you put on your goggles, but you're spending the majority of your day and enjoying it and maybe even preferring it in this virtual realm. And you know, I don't I don't want to live in that realm where we bring all of our screw-ups from this world into that world so that we can, you know, somehow monetize this endeavor. So I, you know, it's a, it's a very tricky thing to balance. I understand, obviously, that somehow this money needs to come from somewhere. Revenue needs to be made. You know, made is burning through billions, and that you know that eventually will end. Um, so yeah, what that looks like, it's either going to be done poorly, or I think done bad, and I don't see a lot of good. Like it's very hard to see an upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also forces the ad industry to rethink, you know, models. Um, I, I saw, for example, but this is where I'm struggling. I saw a, a major insurance company like building this place at Meta where you can actually visit them. They added some booth and stuff. And I was like, who the f would do that? Like, why would you, why would you go? Like, it's an insurance company. Come on, be serious. Like, and they probably spent quite some money on building this. It was oh, like, for sure. what, like, I don't know, some wannabe smart guy said okay we need to build this this place in meta because it's the hot thing um let right. our customers come to us and visit us there like i mean nobody obviously came and uh, it's just to try to find the 
purpose I, I, we're not we're not there yet right and i i get the point that that you mentioned before like don't bring the the, the bad things from internet what is it now 2.0 to the to the whatever the next thing is but still i also believe in the market and economy and i feel like you know this is like advertising especially i i get that and that's what we try um really hard with our company to to create really great ad experience for the people that actually see it the content so you can just read about it that people don't like as long as ads are relevant and in a way also entertaining they don't feel like they dis distract people right so it just has to be it has to be relevant it has to be in a way um, entertaining and then people don't mind getting ads what we just or what you said like you just bombard whatever um, technology it is with with ads that are not relevant that's obviously a distraction that's just how the economy works right you have a seller who wants to to sell service or, or products and on the other side you have the buyer and at some point they have to meet and this is where like they always meet where the tension is. And it might just be that in future, the tension um, is on the metaverse. So you still have to connect brands with, with individuals. It's a good thing as long as the experience with it is in favor for the actual user. I don't see it. You just walk uh, down the metaverse and there, you know, I know there are some cities you can even go to a bar, etc. So I don't see it like there will be what we have now as out of home advertising. So you just walk down the, the street in a virtual city and then you see random ads on on the street. Yeah, I, I think the, the distribution thing that you bring up is I mean, it's going to be just maybe the most important aspect because now in this world, right, any sort of physical billboard can now be tailored and personalized. And, you know, maybe I get to decide what I see, who's going to be, you know, flashing their advertisement on some digital billboard or whatever that might be. And if it's things that I want or things that I'm interested in or, whatever it might be maybe it's your latest update uh, you just released a podcast and i see that like hanging on a banner uh, on the you know side of some building cool i care about that I, I want that and so the distribution side and the personalization side could be very interesting um but again it's just it's going to need a lot of pushback to get right because i think the second that we open up that ability to know who's where and now craft an experience of pure personalization, it can be great or it can be just horrific. And the other part of that is, you know, something I'd really love to see and it's kind of more of a, a push in the community or just around owning your data and what that means and kind of this new data revolution, which is, you know, maybe I should somehow be included in the whole revenue stream if you're going to be advertising to me, like, I don't know how that plays out, but if I get to play and participate in what I'm seeing and I get to have some input on, you know, the boundaries of what that looks like, I think that's cool, right? Because now I'm, I'm joining you in the creation of this world that I want to go be in, as opposed to saying, you know, we thought this is best for you. And now here it is everywhere you look. You know? Yeah, it's totally true. It needs a new player, right? Different platforms tried this distribution and to let their content creator participate in the revenue, which totally makes sense. And I'm a huge supporter of this because these are the people that bring the attention to the platforms, but they only get like a, a very small percentage of the revenue that's everywhere um these days right it, it's just the new the new spotify series out on 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 netflix like they basically like they also tried to change the music industry by just making the experience great and by having a great streaming platform the reality is they don't um like the percentage that the actual artist um receives is not that high which is a in a in a way like it's a problem and i think this is something that has to change in future as well because i'm all about the attention and the content creators the people that are that build their communities and bring other people to the platform whether that's like an application right now or the metaverse in future like these people are that's the that's the, that's the whole soul of the of the system like they get the people to the platform so they should also benefit if money 
um, was was made, right? I mean, attention is you need, and I, I think that that's just going to have to be taken out of the hands, ideally, out of a single company. And you know, I don't know what that looks like. If we're going to create a world that we're all going to participate in, um, yeah, it, it just it shouldn't be dictated by one Goliath, right? And it just leads to very scary situations in my mind. Like, are we going to create a dystopia, a virtual dystopia? And oh, just what that looks like. But the the attention point is is right on. I mean, that's the thing that's that's what we're fighting for, right? Yeah, it's true. Let's make a quick break here for the guys listening on Spotify. We're going to listen to some music. Just a just a nice break gives you time to think about what you just heard. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. back how are you feeling good man everything's great i love the conversation it's interesting to revisit some of the stuff that we had chatted about and dug deep into for months man I, it's been a while it's true um hey i want to shift the conversation a little bit as people on the live stream can see there is this nice little logo on top of me it's actually you know the ship it's supposed to be somewhere closer to Jacob because it's um it's not my thing it's his it's his thing it's his baby it's what he's working on right now and I want to shift attention to uh to recast a little bit so if you can just uh again as you did at the very beginning for yourself now please do it for your I'm just might just gonna call it your baby <laughs> so what, what do you, you want me to introduce what we're working on yeah please all right so uh recast ai really rethinking the world just how we painted the world and the deeper that you go on that question you really find that the world is just kind of full of of bias and it's not really inclusive in any way especially the marketing realm so we've been building up databases of content for decades and if you think about what those databases are they're just kind of stereotypes of the world so many years ago uh, working in an AI research lab, working on generative AI or around some other things, uh, especially around someone who was in the, the lab at the time, is doing some really cool stuff and just saw this kind of birth of what it means to generate content using you know, AI and, and cloud compute. This was 2018, late 2017, really got into it and saw a solution then early but didn't really know where to position it and the more i thought about that idea of like you know what is the world actually being represented as uh, just kind of you know i think every entrepreneur starts because they're unhappy about something in the world and they want to solve it so just saw the way to recast the world in a different light and using generative ai to generate not only content for brands and people that are you know pushing this content out to the world but do it in a way that allows them to be a little bit more inclusive right a little less unbiased so we can represent the world as the way it actually is not from you know decades of of inaccuracies so that was born uh first iteration on this happened early 2020 and learned a lot working with enterprise doing generative ai around some of their campaigns but, you know, giving it to a select few wasn't the best thing when I look back. And so just really rethought about the market, the market dynamics, who the customer was that we wanted to serve with this technology. And Recast AI was, was born to kind of open up all of this generative AI stuff to, you know, smaller teams, SMEs, people like yourself, uh, people that have in-house creative teams that are needing content want content not happy with stock imagery right they see the problem that we're addressing which is you know this unrepresentative world that we're living in and being able to use technology to solve that but also solve a big you know pain point for anyone who needs to get their message out to the world which kind of follows up to what we were talking about earlier so recast ai go check it out www.recastai.com and we're launching actually next week which is opening up these tools to anyone and everyone. So you can get on the platform, start generating. And, you know, we're really 
fleshing out a lot more technical issues around what it means to be creative, what it means to create on-brand content using these tools. And, you know, how do we facilitate teams working together? How do we get all this stuff out there in a, a thing that really solves not only the bigger vision, which is using content to inform and inspire, but, you know, solves more practical needs for, for smaller companies, which need to get more personalized conversations going with, you know, better discretized chunks of, of who their customers are. And so we're really just opening all these tools up. A lot of learnings over the years. Uh, I think a lot of people are just starting to catch on that this world exists. So pulling this out of research for a couple of years, but now we're seeing companies like um, OpenAI and Dolly. I'm sure everyone's seen some of that stuff on LinkedIn or on the internet. So very similar proposition, except we're just really tailoring this to, you know, users that we think will take advantage of this technology. You're launching, you're launching next week, right? That's what he said. Launching next week, uh, rolling this out to make sure it's safe, solves problems you know we're really building something that's that's beautiful for one fun to use and helps you create content to really talk to your customer and the things that we're generating we're, we're putting a lot of work into this to make sure that it's fundamentally solving something that i call creative alignment which is you might have a vision in your head and then you might see what some of these models are putting out into the world and that gap leads to a lot of frustration. So when you come to, you know, use whatever generative AI tool, there's, it's very interesting in the beginning. It's very fun. Like you're like, wow, you're shocked. I've seen this field be birthed. And so for me, it's, it's a little bit normal, but when I see people come and actually use this for the first time, their, their jaw drops. And then there's a switch. There's a switch maybe 30 minutes in when you see them struggle to get what they have in their head out into the world. And so we spend a lot of time making sure that that's a much more enjoyable experience, a much more inspirational experience as well. And uh, yeah, just get you what you want and you can do it in seconds instead of, you know, what's mostly days of, of work now. So can you make an example on how it actually works how would you create content yeah so let's say let's say you're a, a brand in you're over in europe right and you want to push out into southeast asia markets or asian markets and typically if you're not you know a monster right you're not some goliath mnc every bit that you spend on content for marketing matters and so you're you're really stuck trying to figure out what do I spend that limited budget on to get enough content that allows me to speak and move into a new market or maybe talk more personally to my, my customers I might already have? And so the biggest challenge is, you know, where do you go? Where do you go to get that content? And right now you go to stock imagery, right? If you're a smaller company and you don't have, you know, 100K to spend on content every year for custom content, you drop into stock imagery and immediately it's disappointing, right? It's disappointing for the, the quality. Everybody sees the stock, stockiness of it. And uh, it's, it's just not engaging, right? You, you're not engaging with your audience in a way that's unique. You're not able to separate yourself from your competitors. You know, if you go to a stock library and you download that image, what's to say your competitor in the same space isn't using that image and actually Actually, if you Google and search and see what some of your competitors use, or just in a in a, a field, you'll see how many people are using the exact same image, right? There's one uh, shining example that uh, my co-founder Yuzu uh, showed me, which was a very famous I, I don't know if famous is the right word, but a highly used image of a woman that was undergoing cancer therapy, and anyone and everyone who's doing diagnostics is using that stock image you know and it's it's crazy to see just how how prevalent it was on the web through just about every company that we googled we could find it on their web page and now how do you like how do you take that limited budget that that true pain of not having enough time to execute things and allow someone to you know, create what's ever in their mind. And that's where this technology really shines. It allows someone to go from 
zero to one in seconds. And not only that, but really truly connect with the people you want to connect with. So how does okay. it work? Uh, so you you have to take a, a description, right? You, you're writing something in text. I I want an image that is so-and-so. I don't have a good working example with me, but the thing that we add on top of this, so let's just take our, our cancer patient stock photography image that I was talking about. Well, if you really want to talk to people in different locations, you, you don't want to be showing uh, what is essentially the backbone of all stock imagery databases, a bunch of white people uh, typically, you know, fall into a certain category. And now you're trying to talk to your customer using something that just doesn't represent them, right? It, it doesn't speak to them. They, it's hard to identify. And so let's say you want it to be on brand. So you can come to our platform, describe the ethnicity of that person, what they're doing. You can use your brand colors. You can integrate with teams. And let's say you have a few people on your team and you can iterate on this vision and generate the content until you're, you're happy with what you want. And now you have it pretty much on demand and it takes seconds to get there. So that's one like very specific example. But now let's say you want to be very creative. And you know you got a couple people on your team doing in-house creative work. That only goes so far, right? And if you want to constantly be updating your audience and speaking to your audience and doing things that are super creative, there's only so many you know images that you can find that will will speak in that way. So you know just whatever's in your mind, you can now describe in a, a brief. Put your brand colors on. You know dictate the aspect ratios and what this will look like and just go generate it. And now, you know, fill out your campaign, move forward and and have those conversations that you want with those specific people. So that would solve the issue of this cancer patient where, you know, everybody and their grandmother is using the same, the same image, <laughs> yeah. right? Because it's right. like super individual. In the actual world that we're living in, like I could generate this content and use it and distribute it on different platforms, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it, just on that note, really quick, there's another thing to think about, which is the licensing around that content. And so one of the biggest things that we also give is you outright own anything that you create. You are the full owner. There's no weird, complex licensing structures. There's no this or that. Generate it, own it. It's as simple as that. The competitor could still use it as well, right? Right now. There's no like technical solution to prevent that somebody else is using it that wasn't actually creating this content so whatever you create is is yours it's in your account it's you know hidden from the world so anything that you're generating on our platform is shared between you or your team and you know if you purchase something and you want to share it great but the we take actually great efforts to ensure that even if somebody knows what you were trying to create if they come back to the platform and try to recreate it, it's virtually impossible. And there's a big caveat to that. Of course, technology advances. You can figure out ways to do clever things in Photoshop or whatever it might be. But on our platform, if you come there, you're guaranteed that the next person isn't going to be generating the exact same thing. So even if you wanted a, you know, our, our patient or that creative image that speaks to a certain audience, it's really yours. And it's it, it's in a way to think uh custom content on demand yeah it makes it makes it makes a lot of sense we want to stay away from the distribution and, and really focus on our vision which on is the creation you know, yeah the creation but you know helping the world repaint itself in a way that's representative and there's going to be a lot of people that figure out some of the distribution aspects and how this integrates downstream but for us, it's it's always a, a matter of priorities and sticking to the vision and the mission, which is you know doing something good for the world with this technology, but also solving a big pain point for for our customers. And I should say, in the near short term, and what seems to be pretty long term for us, we want to stay out of anything distribution, anything like that. We're just trying to create a safe, trusted platform that's aligned to you know your your needs and usage. I love it. Right now, you're you're based in in Singapore, right? Yeah, Singapore. the The little red dot, the crazy little place. This in uh, 
just was never on my radar until I think it was around the, yeah, I don't know, maybe five years ago, it just dropped in randomly and, and fell in love with the place and managed to get back a few years later. Are you looking for investors? Or do you have investors? Like, how do you actually build this this company? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Getting anything off the ground is a, a challenge. And, you know, I came from a really strong technical background and, and knew that side really well. And just a lot of screwing up, figured out, you know, what needs to be put in place, understanding the business aspects, the the customer side, the marketing side, and and you to get it off the ground, of course, is a, a bad idea to be doing this out of pocket. So I brought this idea into an accelerator and uh, we got pre-seed funding for that. And we're actually getting ready to raise our seed round and build out the team, build out some new features that are very cool. I, I can't wait to show some of the stuff we're working on and just you know expand and get this out. So in the next really end of Q1 2023, we'll, we'll wrap up the final bits of, uh, that seed round and yeah off to the ground uh, off to the races where you know see what we can do awesome i love it and we're all already over uh one hour recording wow. um yeah it was uh <laughs> yeah really wow felt like five five to ten minutes but it always feels that way when when talking to you it's so interesting but i Likewise, think uh, thank you very much uh, i think we're gonna wrap this up for today um, because my uh, typical interviews in the last, um, especially in this in this podcast season, was uh, a lot shorter. So I hope it's not too much um, uh, to ask for my my audience. Um, it's really it was really interesting. Um, the whole like yeah, your 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 journey, you as a, you as a person, and also uh, your company that you're currently um, working on. I wish you obviously just just the best. A lot of success. I know you 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 get there um take some time like like everything but I'm super excited uh for you and big thank you for uh for joining me today I'm so I'm so happy that we uh like now that we did it for the first time like who's to say that we don't do this on a regular basis because I love talking to you so much um it's 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 so fun I learn new things every 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 time and yeah but um i think for today yeah we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up so yeah thank you very much and yeah the last word is all yours no likewise max uh you inspire me in a lot of ways man and you've you maybe you don't even realize but kind of played a role in how i've i've ended up where i am here today and and working on some of these ideas and you know i hope that we continue these conversations and it's always a blast. Love your perspective. It's so different from mine. You always dig into areas that I don't see, which I love. So yeah, let's keep it up. And just again, super happy to see where you are with everything. And yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And for everybody that is um, that joined the live, thank you very much. Um, for you guys on Spotify, uh, thank you as well for tuning in. Um, don't forget to uh, to to follow me. If you have any thoughts on this episode, please just drop a, a message. And as always, uh, yeah, I'm gonna hear you next time. Take care. Bye bye.